How are y'all doing? Or do you say used guys? See, uh, when I was 12, we moved to Dubuque, Iowa, and we were like, why are they saying used guys? Like, that's not even proper English, but I think it's like a, I don't know, it's a Jersey thing. It's a, it's like, I don't know, little pockets of people say that. Now I live in Tulsa, so it's y'all, and if I don't say y'all in the store, then people look at me funny, so... I don't know, it just comes out, whatever. But anyway, it's good to be back here with you guys again. If you look around the room, you can see what a bunch of crazy Jesus-loving people look like who come out on Wednesday night to a service with no music. What are you even doing? Are you hungry for more of God or something? Woo! Man, I was telling Pastor Joe, I woke up this morning and I was like just excited about this service from the moment I got out of bed. And... That doesn't normally happen because I'm not a morning person, but I don't think it was me. I think the Holy Ghost was just excited about what he was going to do. Amen. God's doing such wonderful things here in the church. Uh, How you guys are native to the Brick Campus here? Wave at me. Uh, Native to the Wall Campus? Wave at me. Native to the Bayville campus, wave at me. All right, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, I got the tour of the Bayville and the Wall campuses today. If you have not yet been to either of them and you're always here in Brick, I want to encourage you, go to Bayville, go to Wall, check them out, see what the rest of your spiritual family looks like because there may be people that you don't know that are part of New Beginnings. You're like, whoa, I didn't even know they were here. And, and the church has invested so much energy and resources and love in those communities. And, and it's just awesome to see the potential. The buildings are beautiful. Amen. And getting more beautiful, because I know there's a long laundry list of other things that they're planning on doing, but that's awesome. And your campus pastors are both doing a fantastic job. And, and I just love the way you guys care about people and you're wanting to reach out and reach more people. Amen. <laughs> so from a missionary... To you guys here, make yourself a missionary, get out of whatever campus you normally go to and go check out some other campuses as the Holy Ghost would lead you to do that. You know, if you get up on Sunday morning, you're thinking, I'm going to go to 11 o'clock in brick this morning. And in your heart, you're like, oh, I feel like maybe I shouldn't. Well, then maybe you should go to Wall, right? Or maybe you should go to Bayville. You know, go check things out and uh, make yourself a missionary and be a blessing up there. Because I know I have pastored smaller churches. And you know what? When a one more family comes in sometimes, it's like, oh, it feels like revival today, <laughs> right? So, so you can be a huge blessing just with your presence. You don't have to go lead worship or, or be an usher or anything. Just show up and smile and participate in worship. Say amen. Laugh at the campus pastor's jokes. You know, whatever you need to do, you know, do that and uh, you'll be a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. Was that good enough to to do okay? Okay. All right. All right. They're nodding. They're saying I did okay. So we're going to move on. I've got the approval. Now I can now move to the serious portion. So, hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it with me on your device. Or if you've got your paper one, go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 3 as we get started tonight. And uh, we'll pray, and we're going to get into the Word and just trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do tonight some amazing things that only He can do. Amen? Amen. You know, I was just so uh, humbled talking to the Lord this afternoon before I came over and just thanking God again for the honor of being able to share His Word because I know that I can't do anything, right? You're, you're not here really to hear me. You're here to receive from God, and God has chosen to, to use me on occasion to be able to speak his word to people and that his spirit uh, will move through me tonight. So, Father, we look to you. Father, we just love you so much. 
Father, we're so impressed with the greatness of your love, with just the amazing depth of your wisdom and your knowledge that you know the future, you know our hearts, you know every, every hair on our heads, you know every wrinkle on our bodies, you know everything about us and you love us and you're here to minister to us and to pour into our lives tonight. And so Father, we've come hungry and we thank you that you're here to meet us and to respond. You said in your word in Matthew chapter 5, you said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. So Father, we expect your infilling tonight. Huh. <laughs> we expect it. Say, I expect it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, that was fun. I mean, we could almost go home now and would have been blessed. (laughs) Am I ringing a little bit to you guys? Yes. All right. We'll get that corrected here shortly. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 21 is what we'll look at as we get started. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And this is a favorite scripture uh, of Christians because we all like this idea that God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, right? Has God ever blown your mind? Just done something and you're like, oh, I, I didn't expect that. That was, that was something, right? God just has a way of showing up. And we like that because that's, that's, that's all the part that's on God's side, right? And he says here, but this happens, the end of verse 20 says, according to the power that works in us. So God has a lot of things that he can do. And he has a lot that he wants to do. I mean, everything that we've ever seen him do is way less than what he's capable of. But because he chose to work with you and me, to work in and through us, he's often limited by how much we allow him to work in us. But tonight I want to focus on this word power. Everybody say power. Power. Poke your neighbor, tell him power. All right, poke them so they actually feel it. Not only like, eh. Like if you don't know them, poke them anyway. You need to get to know them, all right? The power that works in us. So what does it mean uh, for the power of God to be at work in us? Where do we get that power? How do we cooperate with that power? That's what we want to dive into tonight. And actually, Jesus talked to his disciples about this right before he left earth. And how do you know? Right before you leave, you say some pretty important things, right? You ever left your kids home alone and you have some, some serious words with them right before you go out the door? Yes. Yeah, my, uh, my grandparents told my twin aunts one time, uh, they left and they jokingly said to them, don't stick beans in your ears. <laughs> they came home. They took the girls to the hospital because they couldn't get the beans out. <laughs> Pretty important stuff. Uh, But the point is, this was one of the last things that Jesus said before he left. And the disciples were asking him, hey, what's going to happen now? And turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 1, because you're still in Ephesians. So if I read this ahead, you're going to be like, wait a minute, I was in the wrong spot. Acts chapter 1. And Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria 
and to the ends of the earth. Or he could have said, and you will be witnesses to me in brick, in all bayville and wall, and to the end of the earth. Amen? Yes. Why don't you look at somebody again and say, you shall receive power. Look at somebody else, tell them, you shall receive power. So when do we receive power? It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's the Holy Spirit working in our lives who makes us a witness, who works in our lives in such a way that we're living a life that's not like everybody else lives, that we react different when problem comes. We, we act different when, uh, when temptation comes. And people are going, well, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you complaining? Why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you doing this? Why are you going to church on Sunday? You give how much of your money? Like, what are you doing all that? And when they ask us questions, the Holy Spirit is helping us to communicate and say, I do that because Jesus has changed my life. Amen? And so it's his power that's at work within us. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God who's at work in and through us. He's the one who makes exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we can ask or think possible. In fact, Ephesians chapter 20 in the message translation says it this way, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So if we are going to see God do some amazing things in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our workplace, in our community, in our world, then we are going to need to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to allow him to work in our lives. Amen? Amen. So tonight, this is what we want to do. We want to look at how do we receive that power that the Holy Spirit wants to give us? How do we cooperate with him? And first of all, who in the world is he? Like, Holy Spirit, what? Like, what? Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14. If you're in Acts 1, it's just a few pages before that. Who is the Holy Spirit? So John chapter 14, starting in verse 16, this is Jesus talking. He's pretty trustworthy, so I think we can take, this, take him at his word. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, the disciples were familiar with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had come upon Jesus at his baptism. And as they had followed Jesus, they had seen Jesus ministering in the power of the Spirit. And Jesus had, had even given them a little dispensation, a little, a little lent them some of the anointing so they could go out and learn to minister in that same power. So they were familiar with the Holy Spirit, but he did not live in them yet because they weren't born again. They had not, Jesus had not gone to the cross. They had not been renewed. So they had not been, you know, cleaned out so that they could receive the Holy One, right? He's the Holy Spirit, right? You know, if you pick a, you get a glass out of the dishwasher and it didn't get clean all the way, you don't fill it with something and just start drinking, do you? No, because it's dirty, right? And God is not going to put his spirit in a dirty glass, right? So he waited until Jesus had bought our salvation. And then when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we become a clean glass. We get made brand new on the inside, right? So he can fill us with his spirit. So that's why he said he dwells with you and will be in you. 
So that was the promise, and that has come to pass for all those who put their faith in him. But a few things we want to notice about the Holy Spirit. Number one, he's a he, not an it. All right? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Jesus told us to baptize uh, new believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the fact that he's connected with the Father and the Son means he's just as much God as the Father and the Son are. You know, some people think that as well, a Father, Son, and this Holy Spirit thing, like somehow it's, you know, God and, God and Jesus hanging out and the Holy Spirit's like their pet or something. But that's, he is just as much God as the Father and the Son. And he's not just a force or a power or a, a goosebump atmosphere that, that shows up in the service. He is God, Amen. right? He's a person. You know, if, if you go up to an outlet and you stick a fork in it, you are going to get zapped. Why? Because you fulfilled the conditions for that power to flow, Amen. right? But the Holy Spirit is not just a force. It's not just that you have to somehow fulfill conditions. It's that he's a person that you're in relationship with. And when you cooperate with him, then you can walk with him in relationship and benefit from it, Right? Like, if I wanted to go out to lunch with Pastor Joe, I would not just run around and go, well, where would he eat today? And just run and, oh, I hope I'm in the right restaurant. Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, you know, I would, I would call him or text him and say, hey, you want to go get lunch today? Where do you want to meet? He would communicate what he'd like to eat and where we go. And then we'd go and, oh, there he is. Shocker, right? <laughs> we don't have to beg the Holy Spirit to show up where we are. We need to find out what he wants right? And then cooperate with him because when he tells us what he wants us to do, when he leads us, then he leads us into a place where he's working, Amen. right? And we're going to read this in a little bit. In Acts chapter 2, he began to be poured out, and the Bible never says that that outpouring ever stopped. So my job is not to make him pour himself out. It's to find out how are you moving right now, and how can I get involved? How do I step in where the river's flowing? Amen? Amen. So he is not a power of force. He's God. Second, Jesus told us that he is the spirit of truth. And this is a very unpopular uh, concept today, but there is still a, such a thing called truth. Amen. Right? There is a truth. There is reality. Yes. Do we all have different perspectives? Absolutely. But there is truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, which means that he always speaks and leads us in agreement with the word of God because he wrote the book. Yeah, he moved on people and they put the words down, but he's the ultimate author. He's the one behind the scenes. He's the one pulling the strings, right? So if you want to know what the truth is, you just allow God, the spirit who spoke this to reveal it to you. Amen? Amen. He is the spirit of truth. And then thirdly, Jesus calls him another comforter. He calls him another helper, uh, depending on what translation you read, an advocate. And, you know, if you wrecked your car, let's say you, you had a brand new uh, Mustang Cobra. Anybody like Mustangs? All right. Uh, or whatever car that you like. You had a brand new Mustang Cobra. You know, you drive down the turnpike and somebody clips the back of your car, you spin out, hit the, hit the guardrail, and your insurance company guy says, no worries, we're going to get you another one. Cool, you get a phone call, let's say 10 days later, that sounds about right, maybe, hopefully. 
you know, and you insurance guy says, yeah, meet me so-and-so place, I'll pick up, you know, go grab your car. I'm like, all right, good. Woo, ready to get my, get my other one. And you show up, and he's got, like, some rusty old bicycle. <laughs> You're like, that is not what I had. Or it's some rusted-out Pinto, right? That's not what I had. I had a brand-new Mustang Cobra. Like, if I say I'm going to get you another one, it means I'm going to get you a different example of the same kind of thing, right? So when Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper, he's saying the Holy Spirit, when he comes to work in your life, is basically going to work in your life the same way that I do. Only the good thing is the Holy Spirit is like Jesus without skin on. So he's not limited to being in one place at a time. Amen? Which is why then Jesus told us uh, in John 16, 7, he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, why is it important that the Holy Spirit is another one like Jesus? Because sadly, when we get to talking about the Holy Spirit sometimes, or when the Holy Spirit is mentioned, some people automatically think of weird stuff. Anybody ever seen the Italian job? Yeah. <laughs> right? The guy standing by the baggage thing at the airport, and he goes, woo! And people look at him, he's like, got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? Why? It's because for some reason, people associate flakiness and weirdness with the Holy Spirit. But is Jesus flaky and weird? No. The Holy Spirit also is not flaky or weird. In fact, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1 that he's a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah, sound mind. You guys know the Bible. So that means the Holy Spirit is not flaky or weird. People, on the other hand, don't look at your neighbor because I'm talking to you. We are all a little flaky and weird, right? We all have our moments. We won't say some more than others, but right? And sometimes people blame the Holy Spirit for things, and it's just because, you know, we're struggling to learn how to relate to Him and, and different things. And sometimes it's just a matter of the Holy Spirit will do things that we're not used to, but that doesn't mean it's weird. It just means we're not used to it. First, ter- first time I came to New Jersey, I'm driving down the road, and cars would disappear to that side and then reappear next to me. <laughs> At the intersection, I'm like, where did they go, and why are they there? You know? And why are there no left turns anywhere? Like, what is the deal? Finally, you turn to your GPS, and it's like, turn right, and then keep going right. And then, oh, look, it's like I went left. I come to find out it's a jug handle. Well, after you've been here, you know, a few times, you realize, oh, okay, I see why they do that. It keeps traffic flowing this way, and it can be more efficient, and then, okay, this makes sense, okay, right? And you get used to it, then it's not weird anymore, right? And we all have stuff like that, whether it's types of food or, or, you know, whatever, things that we're not used to, and we think it's weird, but then once you get used to it, you realize, oh, this actually makes sense. Well, I think God, who's all-knowing, who created everything, I think the way that he thinks is normal. Amen. I think those of us who have been around for this long 
which is all of us, who do not see the future and the past and all of existence like he does, I think we're the ones who are not normal, right? So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we need to realize people came up to Jesus, people who were sinners, children, they would come to him. Like Jesus was the ultimate normal. He was powerful. He was sound-minded. He was compassionate. And if we want to know what real normal looks like, then we need to look to him. Amen? And as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, he's going to form us and shape us into the image of Christ so that we get more normal all the time. Amen? So even if you're like me and sometimes you think, I think I'm feeling a little flaky, then praise the Lord, the Holy Ghost is here to help me to become more like Jesus. Amen? And poking neighbor and saying that means you too. <laughs> All right. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I think some of us even had this experience with alcohol growing up. You tasted it. It was gross. But the people around you were doing it, so you did it anyway. Until it didn't taste so nasty anymore. And that's a, a bad example. Yeah. In Ephesians 5, Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? And so we need to press in to what God wants to do in our life. We need to learn God's new normal. Yeah. Amen. Amen? And if you've still been hanging around uh, in that lifestyle, then it's time to leave that lifestyle of getting full of the wrong kind of spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. God has a new spirit for his people. Amen. 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 So again, why is it so important for us to learn to move with the Holy Spirit as Christians? This dawned on me one day. When Jesus ascended, where did he end up? Anybody know? At the right hand of the Father in? So the, the Father is in? Jesus is in? There's only Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so who's here? Holy the Holy Spirit is. So if we want to walk with God and move with God and hear from God, the Holy Spirit's the one that we have here, right? So we need to become experts in recognizing who he is and how he moves and, and how we can respond to his leading so that we can walk with God. Amen? Amen. And sadly, you know, the enemy has duped a lot of people into being afraid of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moves and thinking the Holy Spirit's weird for exactly this reason, because we are so dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I taught a class on the Holy Spirit in this uh, one city uh, in Germany several years ago, and there was a particular, uh, I think it was Russian denomination that was popular there. A lot of the people had grown up in these churches, and, and one of them had said, yeah, we went and we asked our pastor about the Holy Spirit, and he said, don't ask about that, it's dangerous. That was basically it. We're going to talk about Jesus. Leave the Holy Spirit stuff out. Well, we're pretty dependent on the Holy Spirit. So that's not going to work, right? We need the Holy Ghost because he's here with us and in us right now. And uh, the good news is if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have already been led by the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
We'll look together at verse 3. It says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What would move a person who doesn't know Jesus to lay down their lives at his feet and say, you are Lord? That's a miracle. The only reason that would happen is because the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart. So if you say, well, I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. I don't know if I can, you know, operate and work with the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, you already have. Now it's just a matter of recognizing what that looks like so that you can do that. Because the reality is you were made for this, right? You know, I've been using this all day to text back and forth with people. And not once did my pocket go, and I went, ah! Whoa, what is that? Words upon the screen. Oh, wow, special device. No, I expect it because this was built for that, right? This was built with radio technology in it to communicate with towers and then communicate with other people's phones so that it's an integrated system and all of it functions together so that communication between other people with this device is possible. Well, God has built us, Genesis 1.26 says, in his own image. He made you like him. You and God are compatible. You're interoperable. So the fact that people can hear from God should not shock us. We just need to learn that though the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, it's a still small voice. It's a gentle leading. It's awful more, more of a little, it's more of a nudge than a word. It's just a little, <clears throat> or the peace goes away, or suddenly a peace comes to do something else, right? We need to recognize how he leads and how he speaks, but it's just as holy as if Jesus would appear to you and said, you know, go to Walmart. Right? No, he wouldn't say that. Go to Target. No, he wouldn't say that either. Go to Costco. Maybe you'd say Costco. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but the Holy Spirit working in us is how God moves us, and we were created for this. Amen? Amen. Raise your hand with me. Say, I was made for this. I was made for this. Amen. You were custom designed for a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, at the beginning of the message, we read Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So the question is, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? Go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 2. You all still here? Yes. All right. So Jesus had told them, you will receive the Holy Spirit. He will live in you. That he had already breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had already seen him raised from the dead. They were already born again. And yet he told them, you will receive power. There's something else. After you get born again, after you're made new on the inside, it's time for you to be filled up. And so he said, you will receive power. So what did it look like when they did? Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Can you say each of them? Each of them. Say it again, each of them. Each of them. All right. 
It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can you say they were all filled? How many were filled? All of them. Each of them. Everybody there, including Mary, Jesus' mom. Mary was Pentecostal. Right? Hallelujah. So it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So in Ephesians 5, I mentioned this, you can look it up later. Ephesians 5, it says, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to one another in your hearts or to the Lord. It says to one another, I think, Colossians. But the thing is, when, when you're filled, it overflows. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You've been watching football all weekend. You get to the office on Monday. Did you see the game? Oh, yeah, I thought that this play and blah, 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 and the refs were terrible. And blah, blah. What are you doing? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, right? Or whatever your thing is, right? So when our thing is Jesus, I think I just lost them. I said, when your thing is Jesus, okay, you're back. So when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, then he enables us to speak. And notice it says that when he comes upon us, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we receive this power, we get a special speaking ability. It says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And if you don't know what that means, we're going to look at it quick. What's other tongues? Because if it's ever mentioned, you know, out in the world, comes off some really weird thing that cultish people do, right? So let's look at this and see why in the world would God want people to speak in, quote unquote, other tongues? What does this mean? Well, if we continue reading verse five, it says, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. It's a special feast going on at the time. So Jews that had been dispersed, they, were, they all would come home for this festival. Kind of like, you know, we're all coming home to grandma's house for Christmas. Well, this was on a much bigger, like, national scale. Okay, when the sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these men who speak Galileans, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Well, when you're praying in tongues, you're speaking something that you don't know, but something that God needs you and wants you to speak. Whether it's prayer, whether it's praise, or whether it's some other kind of message that sometimes will be interpreted by someone else who has a gift of the Spirit, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or clanging cymbals. So when you're praying in tongues, you may be praying in an earthly language, or you may be praying in an angelic language, and it really doesn't matter what language you're praying in, because the main thing is when you're praying in other tongues, you don't know what you're praying. Amen. 
And you may be thinking, well, how does that work? It's by, as we just read in uh, verse 4, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, the words, the syllables come from the Holy Ghost and you speak them out just like they would come from your brain. And then you speak out the words that you think of. Well, but you don't think of them. They just start kind of bubbling up and you speak them out. All right? That's how it works. Go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14. Paul talks a lot about spiritual gifts in chapters 12, 13, and 14. We're going to look at a couple verses here in uh, chapter 14 to make this good and clear for us. Verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So it says that nobody understands you. Well, wait a minute. They just understood them. I'll get to that in a minute. The main thing is you don't understand it. Verse 14 says, if we skip down a few verses, it says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So that means that 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 hardware on the inside of you, the real you, made in the image of God you, that you that if you lose a finger, you'd still have the same name, you'd still be you because your finger wasn't you in the first place, your body's not the real you, although it's an important part of you, take care of it because otherwise you're leaving the planet, all right? But the real you on the inside, that part of you prays. When you pray in tongues, that part of you prays. And it says, my understanding is unfruitful, which some people would see as a negative. But remember, we can be kind of flaky. So when I pray from my spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit, my brain and my limited understanding and my, my sometimes impure motives are just kind of pushed off to the side. And it's just a direct connection between me and God, where I'm just speaking out exactly what needs to be prayed for myself, for my family, for my generation, and where I'm praising God in a perfect way without, oh God, please give me everything I want, and please promote me and not that other guy, right? It's, I'm praying by, from out of my spirit, from that eternal place on the inside of me, I'm praying from that place. Amen. Amen. And sometimes, a lot of times we get in places where I, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I have to stand up here in front of all of you, and I don't know all of your lives. I have not been following you around and stalking you on Facebook to know what to talk about tonight. The Holy Ghost has had to follow you around and then tell me what to say. Amen. Right? And so when we pray in tongues, we're speaking out, just as I'm trying to speak out by the utterance of the Spirit right now in a language that we all understand. When we pray in tongues, we're speaking out in a language we don't understand. All right? Now, praying in tongues, since Paul said here, my, my spirit prays, my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 2, he said, no one understands him. So why in Acts chapter 2 did people actually understand it? Well, God is a God who does miracles. And God is a kind of a show-off because he's so big and he just likes to blow our minds. You know, you ever done things for your kids just to surprise them? God does that too. In fact, in Acts chapter 19, verse 11, it said, and he did unusual miracles or extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. In other words, God has miracles and then he has extraordinary miracles. In other words, sometimes God says, just try to put me in a box. Just try it. I dare you because I won't fit. And so he does stuff that we're just like, okay, you're God. I'm not. Let me find the back seat in this bus. I'm just going to sit down here. You do you, boo. You know, it's just like, God, you're God. Well, 
In this situation, these people heard them speaking in tongues and heard their own languages. Now, they could have possibly been praying in these people's languages, or it could be that they were praying in an angelic tongue and they just heard it in their own language because it says they all heard them speaking in their own tongue. I don't know which way it happened. I know in our own church one time uh, in Iowa, my dad closed the service. I had been leading worship that day, so I'm standing over here with my guitar. He's over here by the pulpit, and he, he gives this word in tongues at the end of the service right before he closes, and it was just different. Like, some, usually there's a tongue, and then there's an interpretation somebody will have so that we all understand what it was about. And even when he was saying it, it was just a little different. And then there was no interpretation, and he waited. He didn't get an interpretation. Nobody else had one. So he's like, well, maybe I missed it. And he went ahead and he closed the service. Well, then the next day we found out my sister's friend was there visiting. She'd been away at college. She was back home for the weekend. So she came to church and uh, she'd been struggling in her walk with the Lord. And her major at the University of Iowa was Spanish. And what she told my sister was, wow, it was cool that pastor shared that in Spanish today because that really encouraged me. <laughs> My dad does not speak Spanish. <laughs> and here's the cool thing. Half of my friends when I was going to Bible school were Hispanic. I know enough Spanish to get myself in trouble. <laughs> not much more. I know Spanish. Spanish is a friend of mine. You, sir, were not speaking Spanish. Old people joke. You have to be old to get that one. All right. We also had a lady in the congregation at the time who taught Spanish. She did not recognize it as Spanish either. The Holy Ghost works supernaturally to communicate just to that girl exactly what she needed to hear. As I shared that in the car today with, with, with Pastor Joe and Pastor Cap, Pastor Cap said the same thing happened to him in youth, that he uh, had a burden to pray after service one day, and he was praying in Spanish, and the Spanish-speaking girl heard the gospel in Spanish. We have friends of ours who are uh, missionaries in the Darien jungle in Panama. They have seen every miracle in the book of Acts in the Darien, the densest jungle in the world. Planted churches, they built a radio tower so that they can uh, train pastors through a, through a radio Bible school in the deepest jungle of the world. And uh, he he shared that he went into this one remote village and he just began to speak in tongues as he stood up to, to teach. He, he started speaking in tongues for like a couple minutes and then he didn't have an interpretation either, so he just started you know, doing his teaching, using the interpreter, whatever. At the end of his message, every single person in that village got saved. <laughs> after, he did, after this happened, the chief came up to him and said, where did you learn that story? He said, what story? He said, the story you shared when you first stood up to talk in our own language is a story that our ancestors have communicated to us down to the generations that when somebody comes into our village and shares this story, you can trust them that they have the news about the living God. Amen. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we can ask or think according to his power at work us. within us. Amen. 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 And that power is the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So then at the end of Acts chapter 2, let's go ahead and flip back there. Acts chapter 2. 
So after they wonder what is going on here, because they're all hearing the gospel, you know, this uh, preached in their own languages, Peter gets up, he preaches the first sermon ever. In verse uh, 38, he says, to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all, everybody say all. all. Say it again, all. all. This promise is to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. He's not just talking about people in the distance, he's talking about people in the future. That means if, if Jesus has called you to himself, if you've received Jesus as the Lord of your life, then he has a gift for you. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is for you. Amen. Amen. And if you're here today and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, we'll take care of that too so that you, then you can receive him. Amen? Amen. So how is this going to work? What, is this, what does this look like? You do not need any special thing to happen. People do not have to pray for you. You can receive from the Holy Spirit any time of day, wherever you are, right? Acts chapter 2, it said they were there having a prayer meeting. Holy Spirit fell on them. That was the beginning of the outpouring. They all received. Nobody prayed for, nobody else had it, so nobody else could pray and give it to anybody else, right? And so you can just receive it. We know I had a kid in one of our uh, youth meetings, and he said, Sean, uh, tonight during worship, I was just loving on Jesus, and I couldn't think of anything else to say, and I just started, you know, speaking out things that made no sense to me. Like, I couldn't understand what I was saying. I said, well, that's praying in tongues. Welcome to the club, buddy. Like, you just got <laughs> baptized the Holy Ghost just because he opened his heart to the Lord. Amen? So we can receive from him anytime, uh, but also we can, some, probably the easiest way is somebody prays for us, and we know, hey, in this moment, I'm going to receive right now. Amen? It's like when you go through Chick-fil-A or wherever you like to go through, when you go through the drive through window, you expect the food when you get to the window that somebody's going to hand you a bag with something. Like, now's the, now's the time. My expectation has been built up. I'm ready, right? So in Acts chapter 8, if you want to flip over a couple pages. So Philip had preached in Samaria and it says in verse 12, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they were saved. Mark chapter 16 tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all, cre all creation. It says that those who believe and are baptized will be saved. They believe they were baptized, they were saved. Amen. Just because you're saved, just because you're born again, does not mean that's all that God's done with you, that there's no further experience for you. So notice it said, uh, then Simon himself is talking about a sorcerer that was there, but also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazing. The miracles and signs were done. Verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet... He, uh, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you guys have received the Holy Spirit? Praying in other tongues. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Well, if you're here tonight and you have not, tonight's your night. Amen. 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 God is excited to give you his gift. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you're like me. When I buy Christmas gifts, I can't wait till Christmas. As soon as they're wrapped and under the tree, I'm asking my wife, hey, can we give the kids some, some of their gifts like tonight? Like, she's like, it's two weeks till Christmas. I'm like, I, I, but I, they can really use it right now. Like, and God's saying, hey, why wait? 
receive what I have for you. Amen. Amen. Let's do this. Go ahead and bow, bow your uh, heads, close your eyes for just a moment. If you're here in this place tonight and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've heard about Jesus, you may have been to church before or a bunch of times or every weekend, doesn't matter, but you have never placed your life in Jesus' hands. You've never said, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I, I give you the steering wheel. I give you control. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you've never done that before, then I want to pray with you tonight to do that. If you'd say, Sean, I want, to, I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray with you right where, you're, right where you're sitting tonight. If you want to pray that with me, go ahead and raise your hand right where you're sitting tonight, and we're going to pray together. All right, thank you. Any other, anyone else? Yes, I see that hand as well. Hallelujah, thank you. Congregation, let's all pray together as, as a way to assist those who are coming to Jesus right now. Let's pray. I'll, I'll, I'll lead in prayer and you uh, respond after me. Say, Father, I come to you. I thank you that you sent Jesus, that he gave his life on the cross to pay the price for my sin. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. And he's seated with you in heaven. So today I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I will follow you. Thank you for receiving me. For making me a child of God. Making me right with yourself. And giving me a brand new heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you raised your hand tonight, or even if you prayed that and gave your life to Jesus and you hadn't raised your hand, God saw you anyway. Amen. There'll be a prayer team up front at the end. I want to encourage you, before you, do not go out those doors. Don't do it. All right? Before you go out those doors tonight, come up and tell one of them, I prayed to give my life to Jesus tonight. All right? And so I'd like the prayer team to go ahead and come up front, uh, if you would, and just kind of stand on, on both sides of the platform. Here we just read that, that they had prayed for those in Samaria to receive the Holy Spirit. So if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I'm like one of them, like I've given my life to Jesus and I, yeah, I love Jesus, but I have not received this gift of the Holy Spirit. I've never prayed in tongues before and I want to receive that gift tonight. Then would you raise your hand for me? Go ahead and raise your hand. I got a, hands, hands, hands all over, okay? I'd like to ask you guys to do this. Just come down and meet me down here. I'm going to pray with each, each of you to receive that. Go ahead and stand up. Come on down, everybody. Go, go ahead and give them an applause. Cheer for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you may ask, well, how do I know this is not coming from my head? Well, if I sit here and try to make nonsense words from my head and go beep, bop, ba doo woo, bop, mama, it's, it takes a lot of effort. And it's hard to do. But when the Holy Spirit begins to well up on the inside of you and begin to pray in tongues, and it just starts to flow out of you. All right? And so here we're going to pray a combined prayer together. And then I'm going to come down and lay hands on each one of you and like to ask uh, each of the, the prayer counselors, as I pray for each one, go to someone of the same sex, please, and just help them make sure that they've received. And then we're going to receive that way tonight. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. Then I'm going to come down when I lay my hands on you. Just, just thank the Lord. Just open your mouth. Just thank God. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you in that moment. Just open your mouth and just begin to pray out the things that come out of your heart. Okay? 
All right, let's go ahead and lift our hands together. Even those in the seats, go ahead and lift your hands. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you're sitting in the audience, go ahead and begin to pray in other tongues right now. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit who's here with us. We thank you, Father, for the work that you've done, Father, to prepare us to receive the Holy Spirit tonight. We thank you, Father, that you said in your word that you give your spirit, that gift is prepared for each and every person that you bring to yourself in all of time. So I thank you for each of these people right before me right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that's been prepared for them. Hallelujah. And those of you who are up front, please repeat this after me. Father, I come to you right now. I thank you that you promised me the Holy Spirit. When Sean lays his hands on me, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon me. And I'm going to begin to speak in other tongues. Thank you, Father, for filling me with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We'll start down here. Those of you that are at your seats right now, if you have already received this gift of the Holy Spirit, please be praying. Don't, we're not to be spectators. We're to be participants. Amen. Please pray for those that are up here receiving right now. In the congregation, just continue to pray with us. Give us 60 seconds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the wonderful work you're doing in these hearts and lives. Londo lobo kosha ke masike dele mahasa manasho kosobo. Londo leba kama nasa kele besidi. Londo la kana la mahasa. Odre hadrabaganele sikelele mahasa po shoso kole tiriki. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, now everybody stop and look at me for a minute, including those of you up front. Everybody push the pause button. All right. Now, if you're struggling to receive tonight, it's not because God doesn't want you to receive it. Sometimes people are just nervous in front of a bunch of other people. When you get home, you lay yourself down in bed, you're by yourself. You just thank God for his Holy Spirit and began to pray. All right. Sometimes we tighten up. We're just like, oh, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Go home. Look up these scriptures we talked about tonight. Open to Acts chapter 2 and just thank him. Father, you fill each of your children with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me. If you have questions, ask anybody on the prayer team, and they can help you get started and continue. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tom, why don't you come up? You know what to do next. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Amen. At this time, real quick, I feel like it's fitting in our hearts. Can we just stand up? Our brothers, look at all the people that got baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight. Our brothers and sisters received Christ. Let's just thank God. Amen. Amen. Father, we, we come before you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you're pouring out your love. You're pouring out your power on your people. But, Father, we thank you that you're a good father. You hold nothing back from your children, Lord God. So we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you. We have the greater one on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that each person here that you lead us and guide us into all truth, you lead us and guide us into all truth, Father. You help us, you strengthen us, Father. In the, in this week, in the coming months, years, Father, you strengthen us in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Sean, just thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you for all that you poured into our church this week. Church, this, this is the time um, in our church where we want to uh, bless our, our guest minister. He's been with us this week. He's going to be speaking to the Bible school students. He's been spending time with us and just um, he's here, was here tonight and God used him. You're just such a, a mighty man of God, awesome teacher. We appreciate you so much. And um, we want to bless him. Amen. So church, uh, there's different ways to give. You could give with an offering envelope. You can go online. You could text the number on the screen if you could just put those ways up. But you could also, um, if you go online, Brian, real quick, they, it's, instead of texting, they just prefer go online with guest speaker. Yeah. So the easiest way to go online if you're not prepared uh, to, to give right now, obviously you can give with an offering envelope, but you can... But you could go onto our website, and you will see the uh, well, you'll see the guest speaker there. Just click on guest speaker, give that way. Did you want to say something now or after? After the offering is fine. Okay, all right, all right. So, um, anyway, let's uh, let's pray for Sean right now. I feel it's very important. We always like to pray for the guest ministers. So, if you could just stretch out your hands to him right now, Father, we thank you for uh, for this man of God and his family and his ministry, Lord God. And Father, we thank you that you continue to open doors for him, not just in ministry, Lord God, but in his everyday life and with his friends, his family, and his community of influence. And Father, we thank you that you are a good father. And you promise to take care of your children, Lord God. And we thank you that you shall supply every single thing he needs in his life, Father. And we declare over his, his family, his ministry, Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. We thank you for just supernatural health in his family, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that he's getting to know you deeper and deeper. And, Father, we thank you that his family will know you intimately and deeper every, all the days of their lives, Lord God. And we just thank you that no weapon formed against them will ever prosper. No word formed against them will ever prosper, Lord God. We speak a supernatural protection over his family, Lord God. A supernatural protection. His family is covered by the blood of Jesus, Lord God. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that he's a bold man of God, Lord. We thank you that he speaks your word boldly, clearly, Lord God, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Ushers, you, you can go ahead and receive that offering. But again, Sean, thank you, and you can. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, just real quick, uh, how many of you in here are men? <laughs> Hopefully you know and you raise your hand, right? Uh, men and women are different. If you're married, then you're painfully aware of this. <laughs> right? Right? You're like, oh, uh-huh. This is why we're having a men's meeting on Friday night. 
It's because men have unique struggles, unique challenges, unique potential, and unique gifts. And we're going to dive into that on Friday night and speak to men so that men can be men. Amen. Amen. Man of God. So if you is one or you knows one, have them register and get out here on Friday night. I've even heard there'll be food. And one thing I know about this church, you will not go away empty, hungry, spiritually or physically, right? So I want to encourage you to come out on Friday night because God has something he wants to do in your life to change your life and to help you to be the man that you know deep down on the inside of you that you should be and that God has created you to be. Amen. Amen. So enough said. Show up. Be here.